Not anymore. Yes, I was a broken woman. Yes, I didn't love me. Yes, I decided to settle for what wasn't best for me. Yes, I was in a toxic relationship. Guess what? Not anymore. I have grown from the broken pieces. I have learned to love me when no one else loved me. I have learned that I will never settle for in my life or my peaceful atmosphere. I have learned the difference between love, lust of a good relationship. Yes, I wasn't perfect, but I learned to work on my mind, my body, and my soul connections. Yes, I have allowed the wrong spiritual around me. Now, I've learned about the not allowing the negative energy around me. Yes, I've been down the road of destruction. Now I've learned how to not move by emotion, but by the spirit of my faith and purpose. Not anymore, my fears will not keep me from being a better version of me. Not anymore, my toxicness will stop me from loving myself or trusting others in my peaceful place. Not anymore, my lack of post-trauma is going to stop me from my future growth. Yes, not anymore. I know I'm powerful. I know I'm overcoming. I know I'm a positive, I know I'm loved, and yes, not anymore, I'm dope, dedicated to other people, empowerment, I love my dopeness and so should you. Yes, I was a broken woman. Yes, I didn't love me. Yes, I decided to settle for what wasn't best for me. Yes, I was in a toxic relationship. Guess what? Not anymore. I have grown from the broken pieces. I have learned to love me when no one else loved me. I have learned that I will never settle for in my life or my peaceful atmosphere. I have learned. Hello, 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 everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Powering Your Voice Testimonial Tuesday. And I am your host, the lady behind the mask, better known as Shin Gadine. And we are here today with the awesome ladies, actually my co-authors, because we are all authors in this awesome book, called A Mother's Prayer, A Letter to the to Your Daughter. How are y'all ladies doing today? Good. Doing great. That is good. That is good on this fabulous Thursday. Because I was about to say on Tuesday, but today is this fabulous Thursday. So can we have Tier, correct? Can you please introduce yourself and tell people who you are? Hey, hey, hey. My name is Tiara Stewart. I am affectionately known as T, Sweet T. I am from Louisiana uh, by way of New Orleans, but currently reside in Baton Rouge. So I am super excited to be here and to be a part of this book with these amazing ladies. Awesome. Awesome. Michelle. Hi, everyone. My name is Michelle Anderson Benjamin. I was born and raised in New York City. I'm a mom of two and a wife and a healthcare administrator. And I'm also known as the fearless warrior and, and super excited um, to be in, you know, in a community of beautiful women. Awesome. Awesome. And Dr. Rosalind. My name is Dr. Roslyn Thyssen. I'm a registered nurse, college professor, and I'm the founder of the Trey Thyssen Have a Heart Foundation. Um, so something that we founded after the death of my 13-year-old son. He died by suicide because of bullying. Awesome, awesome. So first question for y'all beautiful ladies is, 
what made you did y'all always know y'all was gonna be a writer or was that just something that you know happiness came around in your decision later on and i'm gonna start with dr rosalyn um i used to write as a teenager hadn't picked up a pen until after my son died i couldn't mm -hmm. sleep at night so i needed something to do i started painting um filled up all my walls. So I just started writing. And before I realized it, I had my first book. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, I have some words and I, need, I have a story. Might as well tell it. Absolutely. Sierra? Uh, yeah. So I used to write poetry. Like I loved poetry a lot. And I didn't really get into writing and sharing my story until my first anthology that I was a part of right at the beginning of 2020, right before the pandemic, um, God was just like, all right, it's time. So I've been sharing stories ever since then. Mm, I love it. I love it. Michelle. Um, actually, all my life I've wrote poetry um, since I was a little girl. Um, I lost my brother when I was at, when I was nine. He had kidney failure. And I actually wrote his obituary and also a poem to him. So I've always been um, very expressive through poetry growing up. Um, my mom always used to tell me, even now, she's like, I got to, you know, she kept all my poems, every letter I've ever written. And she's like, you know, you need to get this published. But um, I just always wrote to myself. Um, and then I went through a traumatic experience recently, and I felt the need to use you know this opportunity to make to play make it public and um once we get into why you know our chapters i explain why it was so important for me to finally put it out there for other people to see as well absolutely i love it and you know it's crazy that it i am a poet as well so like we have not got the poets in the building <laughs> see see See, tell you, collaborations <laughs> already right there. Because my yeah. first two books is poetry. Oh, so, okay. yeah, like I took my traumatic ish, mm -hmm. you know, situation and I wrote it in poetry and mm -hmm. told the story of, you know, my situation. So, see, the poetic vibe. I've been writing since I was 12. So, okay. <laughs> yes. So, we going to get into why did we decide to get into this project? So, Tierra, tell me, why did you decide to get into the project of A Mother's Prayer? So most people don't know because I talk about my three sons that I have, but I had a daughter and I carried her full term until two days before she was due. No, I'm sorry, a week before she was due, we went to find out to find an ultrasound and she passed away. Well, I had to still carry her, even though she had passed away, the doctors mm -hmm. made me carry her an additional couple of days. So two days before her due date um, was when I was able to finally give birth to my stillborn daughter. And I never really talked about it. But it did affect me because of everything that was transpiring during that time. So it was during Katrina. And by me being from New Orleans, I moved to Memphis and it was I was going through a divorce. I was young. I got married when I was 19. So I was young and I had already had a son. So it was just a lot that was going on around that time. And I carried a lot of guilt with me because I felt that if I wouldn't have been so young, then things would have been different. Or if I would have made more money than I could have had better doctors because coming from Katrina, I lived in Memphis, I was on Medicaid and I had to go to the doctors that they 
wanted me to go to. So I was like, well, if I had more money, then I can, I could have gotten better doctors. I could have gotten better care and she would have still been alive. So I carried a lot of guilt for a really long time. And um, because of the fact that I didn't talk about it, it was starting to come out in other ways because I would say things like, when I would see mothers with their daughters, I would always wonder, well, I wonder what she would look like now. And I wonder what her personality would be now. And now that I have a business and I have my sons, I always say, I wish I had my daughter because she would be like the perfect assistant because <laughs> I can't get these lazy boys to do nothing. <laughs> so, so when this opportunity came by, I actually wasn't going to write the first time. But then okay. when I thought about it again, I was like, you know what? I don't know who else has gone through what I've gone through and who else has uh, lost a child that way. So I just want to be a voice for the mothers who had to have a stillborn child or this child died at a very young age, just to say that, you know, you're not alone. So right. that was my, my purpose. I love it. I love it. And that's a, definitely a strong purpose. There's so many people that suffer in silence with that. So <laughs> I think the people that are attached to the story would definitely get a lot of healing and understanding and knowing that they're not by themselves. So I love it. Michelle. So um, I was introduced to the book. I actually was featured in um, the Mental Health Awareness Magazine. Um, I'm a certified mental health coach and advocate. And um, I was introduced to the book. I saw it on um, Nadia's page and I was like, okay. And um, in 2020, I was diagnosed with breast cancer at the age of 36 um, with no breast cancer um, history in my family. Um, you know, I didn't have a lump and um, I just woke up one day and my breast was leaking blood. Wow. And um, I went to the doctor and because I work in healthcare, I was able to get things expedited. And within a week, I was diagnosed with my post-surgery diagnosis. And then I had a mammogram, I had a mastectomy um, of my right breast removal and I was diagnosed with stage one triple negative breast cancer. So because it's triple negative, um, there's very limited um, treatments out there because they really don't know why triple negative is happening. Just, mm -hmm. but it, you know, African-American women are the highest rate of individuals being diagnosed with this subtype. So I went through 15 rounds of aggressive chemotherapy, multiple surgeries, I had complications and um, I'm also, you know, I'm a mom, I have a 15-year-old son and a five-year-old daughter. So I did genetic testing and um, I was told um, that my daughter would have to start having mammograms at 25. Wow. And um, for me, as a young person being diagnosed with breast cancer, you know, when you hear words cancer, you think that immediately, right? right? So right, right after I was diagnosed, I gave myself 30 days to prepare for my death. Mm -hmm. Like I made sure my affairs were in order, my will was ready, my kids would be well taken care of in my absence. And most people are not thinking about that at 36. Right. You know, some people don't even have life insurance at 36. Right. But I was already, I didn't go into breakdown mode. I went into survival mode of making sure that everybody around me was taken care of that mattered. Um, but the reality of it is I didn't, I really, you know, took the time to start really just analyzing how how am I going to deal with this on a mental and emotional factor as well. And by doing that, um, this this book was an opportunity for me to get those feelings of guilt um, out. Because at the end of the day, as a parent, you don't want to feel like you're passing off something to your children. Right. Um, and although it's not, I know, you know, I it's out of my control, 
the fact that my daughter would have to have these conversations at 25 and every year from that point on to get, you know, mammograms and that she's at high risk because her mom had breast cancer is something that I have to live with. Um, but I also wanted to prepare her for that moment, whether I'm physically there or not. So my chapter is literally a letter to her, literally as a conversation of on her 25th birthday, you know, letting her know, you know, because as even at five, even now she checks her buttons every night. So I'm already instilling the education in her now. Um, you know, she knows, she's seen my struggle. She's seen me go through my journey. She's seen, you know, how I look when I lost my hair and I keep pictures of myself and images of affirmations to remind not only myself, but to show them. But a lot of my strength came from them because at the end of the day, they were watching me mm -hmm. and seeing how I was dealing with an obstacle in life, right? So yeah. I was, I wanted them to show, I wanted to let them know, like, regardless of whatever you are hit with in life, you always stand strong. You're always fearless. And um, that is how the Fearless Warrior um, Advocacy Coaching has, was, was formed, simply because it's, it's a legacy that I want to leave. I always tell people, my mission is to make sure that my kids can stand strong and talk about who their mother was if, they, if I was not here to speak for myself. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, I have to show them. Right. But this book gave me an opportunity to actually write a love letter to my daughter, literally preparing her for this moment and, and, and getting her mind, her mindset straight. So I like it, it I, everyone that read, has read it, cause I didn't even share it with my husband. I didn't share it with anybody. <laughs> I just sent it, but the mindset is so important. Mm -hmm. The mindset is so important. And, mm -hmm. um, it took a lot mm -hmm. because it took a lot for me to put it on paper. Right. Because then it made it real. Yeah. So for me, you know, I can recall when I was going through chemotherapy, I was the, I was the only black person really sometimes in the room, mm -hmm. but I would come in there with my hoodie on headphones, blasting a little chem. Like, <laughs> like I was going to the club. Like, you know, I came in thugged out ready. I ain't even in there. <laughs> and, and that's how it was every single time. I was in there making TikTok videos. Like, I made, it was my journey and I was doing it my way. And I and right. this is how I am. Like, this is just how. But I want her, to, I wanted her always try to instill in them, like, just because this is what life throws at you doesn't mean you have to break down to it. Right. You know, we, we have to always enjoy the moments for as long as we have. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm a music lover. I made, I, I, I play music for everything. Like I literally had a mastectomy party um, prior to my, my surgery the day before. We was in here jamming to um, Tina Marie and you know, you with the zip with the lights, with LED lights all over it. And I'm with my five-year-old child, my fifth-year-old son, and my husband. But it's the reality of just, you know, it's acceptance for me as right. a mom, but also assuring that if I'm not there to be to hold her hand during this process, she knows that her mom set her up hmm. to be fearless and to be able to one advocate for herself, speak up for herself not going there with her head down because that's not who I, that's not the stock she came from mm -hmm. so um 
Like what I mean, this book has, I, I, I hold a lot in, you know, sometimes they say a strong one's always pouring in everyone else's cup right. <laughs> and, and we hold on to our little bit of droplets we got. Right. But, um, I, I, I that was my way, I guess, of allowing people to see what I deal with mentally, the the struggles I deal with. Cause people just see strength on the outside and they see, mm-hmm. oh, she's so passionate. She, you know, she's, she's doing, she's dealing with this, this situation with a smile on her face and they don't really realize the battle that's internally happening. So, um, that's my chapter. Sorry. No, you're fine. You, Cause you actually answered one of the questions I was going to answer, but it acts, but you're fine. You gave the information. I love it. Dr. Rosalind. Um, my chapter, I, I talked about Mamie Teal. Um, I lost my son to suicide because of bullying. Um, right now, I'm kinda, I have this fight with the, the school district and just the grieving process, still having four other kids, still having to work, or still having bills, still having to um, kind of watch my facial expressions. I have to monitor how I react. Um, and a lot of people say, oh, you're so strong. And like to still go on, you're so strong, you're so strong, you're so strong. And to to be strong while grieving, to be strong while my children are still grieving, to be strong and grieve and go to work, to be strong and grieve and sit in court proceedings and listening to um, like details about my son. That's hard. It's hard. And so I often tell people, like, I know how Mamie Till must have felt to have to grieve and miss her son and still fight mm-hmm. for him. And yeah. like to hear all these different things and to still hold her head up. And so I, in my chapter, I talked about my hope. Like, I hope, I just kept saying, I hope you're as strong as Mamie Till. But then in the end, I said, but I pray you never have to be. Mm-hmm. Because like everyone else has said, we, we have gone through some trauma. We have gone through mm-hmm. a lot. Um, um, we're passionate a lot of stuff, but a lot of stuff we're just blessed with a we are blessed with a burden. It's something that God has placed on us and it's not easy. And we don't always, we have to be strong. We don't always want to be. And sometimes mm-hmm. for people forget that we are still just, we're, we're women. Right. We're still human. We are women. We have feelings and we, we're strong because we have to be. But sometimes we don't want to be. Sometimes we want, we want to just be. We want to just breathe. And so I just talk about my hope for my girls. I, I hope that they are strong as Mamie Till. But I still I hope they don't ever have to be. Right. And it's crazy you talk about them, that because I actually watched that movie this weekend. And Lord knows, I, I cried for her for what she had to go through. So I, I, I cry for you. But I commend you for the strength. Mm-hmm. My next question for you is to ask. We all have to shed some layers and it's like peeling yourself like an onion when you write. So what do you feel that you learned about yourself in the midst of the process of writing each of your chapters? And I'm going to start with Michelle. Um, what I learned most importantly um, is that um, this is just a, a, the, the step, the first step of something major. Um, I am recently, and uh, this the book was already submitted. Um, 
I was actually diagnosed with a second form of breast cancer that I'm just, I literally just had my eighth surgery for June 29th. Um, that was discovered when I did reconstruction surgery. And, um, you know, luckily it was quite very early. So it was stage zero and I don't have to do anything, but I did have to decide to remove my other breast and um, get it reconstructed. Um, but then I also... For me, I, I got to a place in my life where I had to stop questioning why me and say, why not me, right? So although this is just a chapter of a brief part of what I'm going through, there's so much more that I could be doing and advocating and putting out there. So it's, it kind of inspired me to not only be more vocal, but you know, to be allowed, open the doors for other individuals within my community to be able to have that voice. Um, because in reality, you know, I tell people all the time, the doctors are concerned about us medically, but no one's ever addressing the emotional and mental state that we deal with. You know, like someone can prepare, someone can tell you how an experience might be or how mm -hmm. it might look for you, but they can't really sit down and explain to you um, you know, when you touch your hair and my hair is in my hand mm -hmm. or as a woman having to make the decision to cut off body parts because I don't have an option mm -hmm. um, and not have a choice when that choice mm -hmm. is taken away. It's either you do it or you die. Mm -hmm. um, and then I lost my dad during this process. And my dad was my superhero. Like I tell people all the time, if it was between my mom and my dad, my mom would just would have to, you know, walk away or be pushed away but um grief is real yeah it is it is real um when you lose something you love and that mm -hmm. that part of your soul like he was that guy he was my superhero and then for me to go through what i went through and to then lose him and it was like things happened so in a place where it's like god knew i was ready to deal with that to see what was happening with him Right. Like I, I was I was in a mental space where I was not in treatment and now I can focus on him and it didn't hurt as bad. I knew what was happening and I was able to do what I needed to do and not feel like I was holding him back or not accepting what the reality of what was going to happen. But the reality of it is, it was like I didn't get a break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't get a break. So. I, I say all of this to say that this 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 project, aside from what the work I've already been doing, um, by just being the voice of black, of, of breast cancer and the voice of cancer, like I'm I'm talking on panels where I'm the only person that looks like me, mm -hmm. and I'm sitting at tables where I'm the only person that looks like me. Right. Um, you know, it's actually you know it's it's put a battery in my back. Mm -hmm. um, where I'm not taking a no for an answer and there's no conversation. I'm saying how I, what needs to be said and I'm putting it out there on Front Street. But it also, what I love about this book um, is just all the other stories of how, although it's a chapter, mm -hmm. can help so much, so many others. Mm -hmm. right. Like it gives every woman that wrote in that book and I, and I, in the book, an opportunity that if they wanted to, to do a workshop just on their chapter mm -hmm. it because does. it allowed us to heal 
-hmm. even if it was for a moment. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I just feel inspired. Um, when I mean like, I'm already planning, I already have some book launch parties and I'm already doing a workshop. Like, <laughs> like it's real, it's yeah. real. And I feel like as women, we constantly are nurturers and we're constantly, mm -hmm. you know, like, mm -hmm. Like what was it was previously said, regardless of what's happening, you still gotta be a mom. You still gotta right. you still gotta pay bills. You don't say time out and yeah. everything freezes. Right. You're still expected to do what you're supposed to do and then nobody and you're the one that have to do it. Ain't nobody else gonna step in your shoes and do it for you. So, you know, it was just very empowering just reading the whole book mm -hmm. and just seeing a glimpse of people's stories and like, wow. Right. So Mm -hmm. I commend you on your strength because you would have never known that you're going through what you was dealing with mm -hmm. at all. Um, and, you know, that that actually goes with what my books are called, The Mask. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of times how I say you don't look like what you go through mm -hmm. because prime example, you would never know that I have four different health conditions because mm -hmm. you don't look like what you deal with. Mm -hmm. So I understand and I might have didn't go through breast cancer, but I have fibromyalgia. Mm -hmm. And I have ankylospinuitis, which is arthritis in my spine. It goes the rest of my joints mm -hmm. like rheumatoid arthritis. I have polycystic kidney disease, and I have osteoritis. And like you said, we still gotta be a mom, twenty four seven. So I understand, and you're so right. We always have to play the strong one. We always gotta put the hat on and still keep going. Mm -hmm. So strong and look, I say, woman power. <laughs> and it's crazy because this month is Woman Equal um, Woman Equality Month, which is August twenty sixth, which is Women's Equal uh, Equality Day. Mm -hmm. See, words don't want to come out today. So, <laughs> but yes, we do have to remember that we do have to take time out for ourselves as well mm -hmm. in the mission of what we do. Next, can you tell me what do you what did you learn about yourself, Tierra? Ooh, uh, I learned a lot. I learned that I'm stronger than what I thought I was, honestly. Um, I Even though I've written in other books and things, I think this book and this story was a little different because this actually was part of the story that I told in the very first book that I wrote about. But just having to replay the scenario it was different this time around. The very first time that I did it, um, it took me a while to actually get it all out and, and really talk about it. But this time around, I wrote from a different place because before I wrote from, I can't believe this happened to me. I can't believe, you know, as Michelle said, like, why me? Why me? But mm -hmm. this time I wrote from the place of why not me? And I was, you know, like I said, replaying everything and just to know that the most hurtful part of the whole situation was because I was so young and I didn't know any better. Um, I live back in Louisiana and my daughter is buried in Memphis. So there's a part mm. of me that's not even with me. And so I had so many people that would say, well, I mean, at least they would make the comments like, well, at least, you know, it happened then and it didn't happen when she was alive. And I was like, well, what difference does it make? You right. know? As a mother, as someone who is a nurturer, who expected 
this child to come to full fruition. Like I expected her, we named her, I had everything prepared. Like I expected her to be on this side with me. So it doesn't matter that she didn't live to be two and, you know, then pass or whatever. It was the fact that I carried her nine months. I felt her kicks. I heard her heartbeat. I, all of those things, like she was attached to my body and for her to be buried in Memphis and me to be here, it's a part of me that I don't have, or, you know, there, there wasn't closure for a while, but this, honestly, this chapter really did help me with closing, not so much her, because I'll never forget her, but just closing the hurtfulness that I felt and the regret and the guilt and the anger that I had and all of those things, because I went through a divorce and all of that, like, it was just, it was a really bad traumatic time on top of Katrina happening. So I'm being displaced from my home. And then I go to a place that I don't know anyone and I'm having all of these issues. And I mean, when they told me that she had medical conditions anyway and she wouldn't live a full life, I didn't care because mm-hmm. I'm like, it's my baby. I'll take care of it if I have to. I'll do whatever I have to do. But, you know, God knows best. God knows best. And I can't, I couldn't fig- try and figure out, well, the mind of God, well, why would you do it this way? And why didn't you let me have her and all of those things? So this chapter really did help me. And I learned that I'm stronger than what I thought. And it actually, the title of it is Because of You, I Grew. Mm. And it really helped me grow in my relationship with God to, you know, not try and figure it all out and just really, Lord, if I trust you, then I'm going to have to trust you with all the things, even the hard things. Mm-hmm. I can't pick and choose what I trust you with. So that was that was one of the things for me. I love it. I love it. Strength and knowing that you are stronger than you are, you know. How to say the power in your voice, the power is within you. Dr. Rollison. Um, what I learned was I can't expect the world to give me a break. I can't expect that. Um, I was when whenever I, this opportunity came, I was forced to pause and get my thoughts together. And when you pause, you're breathing. And when you're breathing, you realize, oh, wait a minute, I'm still me. I'm still just me. And so I had to realize, and even writing this poem to my three girls about how, yes, to be strong, but I don't want you to have to be that strong. And the world is going to look at you and they're going to see a woman. They're going to see a black woman. They're going to see strength. And they're not going to understand that where that strength comes from. And so sometimes we have to look to each other, those who have to be strong all the time we have to bond bound together mm-hmm. and in this book the um, amount of women that just came together and our stories may not be similar but they still the foundation is strength mm-hmm. and this gave all of us an opportunity to say hey we are not alone in this mm-hmm. um we are all strong because we have to be and although strength looks like it's something glamorous it's mm-hmm. not always glamorous. It's mm-hmm. not a trophy. Like I said, that mm-hmm. right. strength is not a trophy that we want. Right. Like that is not the prize. I don't, like my prize is not to to know how how strong I have to be or how much pain I have to endure. That is not a prize. Mm-hmm. And it also let me know that I need to pause and I can't look to people who don't understand mm-hmm. the reality of why we have to be this strong. I can't look to those people for a break. I can't look mm-hmm. to those people for grace. I have to join 
hands with those who have to be just as strong as. And so um, in saying that, I just want to take the time to say to every woman that's on here, I am so proud of each and every one of you. I am so glad to know you. I am so glad that we were in this project together. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to pause and to breathe and to take a moment to where I didn't have to be strong hmm. at all. I love it. I love it. Um, Michelle, you actually already answered the question because I was going to ask, what was you, you know, what was you going to plan to do once the book came out? So Michelle already answered that, how she's already got workshops and everything else going on. So Tierra, can you tell us what's your plans for your chapter after the book comes out? Well, after you know, the book is out already. So what's your plans for your chapter? <laughs> I team up with Michelle and let her help me plan my party. <laughs> just Sorry. let me know. I'm, I like, I'm, let me just, I'm what I mean. So I let, um, I did uh, sound healing therapy this Sunday in Brooklyn. Um, and I'm very spiritual. I believe in spiritual connection. And what I mean, like I was just, I, you know, you go in and you speak, you have to talk about um, your why you're here and what you want to release and what you want to let go. And when I mean these these women, the two women that ran, ran the, um, they just were in tears. Hmm. Um, and then we were just talking and it was just like, so, you know, these were total strangers and I never met them before. Um, and um, I had to trust them. Because with sound therapy, you're literally blindfolded and you can be wrapped up and stones are put around you. And um, I don't know them. And I had to literally trust someone. So they could have lit a match and set me on fire. Right. But I had to trust someone. And when I mean the connection was just so real. Um, and then my assessment afterwards and what chakras were of, you know, where I was inactive, where my body wasn't in alignment. It was the fear of losing control, the mm -hmm. you know being fatigued, um, going through you know being not being stable, not feeling stable, mm -hmm. um, the fear of drowning, mm -hmm. um, the fear of of hurting others, and hurting others in a sense where you know as a mom, you know we don't want our kids to ever be fearful of anything, and even like I have a fifteen year old son, and I'm you know I've had. My son has experienced bullying before, heavy. Mm. And um, I was just, you know, and I've had those conversations with him about how does that make him feel? Um, and sometimes our kids just don't want, you know, we don't know everything or we're not able to fix everything. Right. And there were things that transpired that I didn't know about until after it happened. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there's things that even now he's 15, he'll bring up stuff from third grade that someone said to him and you're like, what? Right. That happened. Like, so where they live that, you know? Mm -hmm. and, um, <laughs> but it's like, you know, they don't tell you these things and you right. want to protect them from everything. You want to yeah. protect them from everything and sometimes even protect them from, them, from themselves. And, um, you know, Queen, I just commend you um, mm -hmm. because, you know, I, I, as a mom, I know to, to how it feels to, to know that your child is hurting. And, you know, and unfortunately that happened. And I, and I just want to virtually hug you. Mm -hmm. I really do. And, and give you all the praise because 
you know, one of the hardest things, and I tell people all the time, you know, as a child growing up, I used to give my mother hell. Mm. Now that I'm a mom myself, I'm like, what in the world? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I used right. to give my mother hell, and I'm the youngest of five. But now I'd be like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Like, my son is 15, and he'd be tunnel vision. I'd be like, Harry, you got to look at the street. You can't be, you got to pay to the, you live yeah. in New York City. Don't you know anything yeah. can happen at any time? And then I have a five year old daughter that's just the love of her life. Sits through TikTok. She, she's the life of the party. <laughs> but when I mean I'm on them like a hawk, I'm on them yeah. like a hawk. But, you know, at the end, it's just, it's so much. And it's like, it you know, this project allowed us to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we're always so strong. So, definitely, whatever you guys want to do, we can link up, do virtual. I'm down for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down for it. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I hadn't really yeah. planned anything, though. I hadn't really planned anything out because... I don't know. I just hadn't. <laughs> like I just hadn't just yet. I'm still like in shock and all that. It like it all happened. It all came together the way that it did. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm gonna just wait a minute. We gonna breathe, right, Doctor Robbins? We gonna breathe. <laughs> That's what we gonna do. <laughs> and then we gonna we gonna leave right. over the jail. That's what we gonna do. That's what we gonna do. That's what we like a plan to me. So it's like a plan. Sound like a plan to me. I mean, you know. <laughs> absolutely absolutely i love it i love it my thing like you said we have to be so strong so i would like each one of y'all to give a message to a mother that's out there that you know how they say we have we always pouring in so we know there's strong mothers out there that need some pouring into so i want each of y'all to pour into the people that are watching and that will watch later just give them a message to, you know, give them strength, empowerment, and just faith. And I will start with Dr. Roslyn. I think the first thing I want to say is give yourself some grace. Give yourself some grace. There is no rule book. There's no instructions. Give yourself some grace. Um, breathe. Take some time to breathe. Um, you are human. And sometimes you're doing the best that you can. And just my biggest thing is give yourself some grace. If I could say that 10 million times, I will, because that's something I had to learn. Give yourself some grace. Amen. Michelle? Um, Key things that I say to myself, affirmations, you are confident, you are beautiful, you are strong, and you are fearless. There's nothing in this world that you cannot do if you put your mind to it. But at the end of the day, Self-care is not being selfish. Mm. So true. Your self-care matters. Self-care is not being selfish. Mm -hmm. You have to be cocky with yourself. Period. Yeah. Y'all heard that, right? You got to (laughs) be cocky with yourself. Period. Period. Hashtag be cocky with yourself. Got it. Yes, because... You know, we make, we move mountains for everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. We can't move mountains just to give ourselves five minutes to breathe. Mm-hmm. That's true. So I had, you know, I, I, and one, I'll just give a technique that I do. Um, I don't set a time, but I, I demand and I make sure and I'm consistent 
I give myself at least a shower meditation every day. That can sometimes be at eight o'clock at night or three o'clock in the morning. But it needs to happen. Yeah. And if it don't happen, I check myself. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. I like it. They uh, they said hashtag give yourself some grace. They said amen, and they said powerful. Mm-hmm. So they out there listening, ladies. <laughs> Tierra, everything that the lady said, but also, Mama, you got this, right? Yeah. You got right. this. Right. Um, along with giving yourself grace and being cocky with yourself. Period. <laughs> Don't forget the period, sis. Don't forget the period. Um, just understand that you don't have to, even though it's demanded of us to be strong all the time, get you someone that you don't have to be strong with. Mm. Right? If it's your spouse, if it's a sibling, if it's a best friend, if it's some, you need to have someone in your circle that you don't have to be the strong friend or the strong one with all the time. You have to be able to release and to really just let go and let someone else take control for a while. So that way you can regroup and you can pour back into yourself. Do more of what it is that you want to do. If it's just go to a park alone and read a book or something like like Miss Michelle said, self-care is not selfish, but you have to find the time to do it. Um, but overall, mama, you got this. Mm-hmm. Got this. You got this. You got this. So we got, you got this. Mama, you got this. You got, <laughs> give yourself some grace. Mm-hmm. And we got hashtag, be cocky with yourself, period. And one last one. No is a whole sentence. Oh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. No. No. With no a paragraph too, you know. <laughs> With no explanation. Just no. no explanation. I'm not explaining myself. No. <laughs> yes. I love it. I love all of that. And I'm going to add to it. And mine is faith over fear. Have your faith and you don't have to worry about fear. Because everything you're fearing, faith is going to cover it. So, yep, yep. Yes, yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. And period on all that. So, I have one more question. What are y'all expecting the readers more? Because it can be men, children, whoever's reading this book. What are you expecting them to? take from a mother's pair, a letter to my daughter. And I'm gonna start with Dr. Rollison. I think they're gonna see some vulnerability. Mm-hmm. They're going to see um, some peace. Mm-hmm. They're going to see some strength. Mm-hmm. Yes. Tier. The same, they are definitely going to see vulnerability. Uh, but I feel like because the stories are so different and it's such a wide range, they're going to be able to find themselves somewhere in this book. They're going to be able to pinpoint themselves somewhere in this book and someone that they're close to. So it's going to be um, a mirror effect. It's going to be a reflective uh, effect. They're going to be able to really say, wow, I'm really not alone in this situation that I'm going through. So if they can get through it and they can even have a voice behind it, then guess what? I can do the same thing. 
Amen. Michelle? I'm going to piggyback everything the Queen said, all the both Queens said, but I honestly think this book is a, is a, um, a opening for conversations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, you absolutely. know, oftentimes things are kept quiet. Mm -hmm. And this is an opportunity for conversations to happen amongst families. Mm -hmm. um, hard conversations, truthful conversations, you know, things that have, you know, transpired. Um, you know, we don't have to wait till someone passes mm -hmm. to find out some things and um, or how someone felt. Or also, you know, building, rebuilding relationships, you know, that or might be broken um is definitely going to be a, 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 a opening for a conversation yes amen amen so ladies i would like all of y'all to be able to tell people how to connect with you how to purchase the book where they can meet y'all at if they want to get the book or anything that y'all are having going on so i will start with tiara you can find me on facebook Tira F. Stewart or Leader Tree Consulting Group. You can also visit my website at www.leadertreeconsultinggroup.com. And yeah, I'm always in these social media streets. You can find me. <laughs> Michelle. Um, I could be found on Facebook and Instagram under the Fearless Warrior Project LLC. I'm also under my name as well. Um, you can be email me at info at the fearless warrior project LLC.com. Um, my website will be launching in two weeks. Um, so it's what it is the fearless warrior project LLC.com. And I'm in these streets too. So Dr. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Rosalind Patrice. Also on Facebook and Instagram under the Trey Dyson Have a Heart. And the website is IHaveAHeart.org. All right. Like these ladies say, you can find them in these streets. <laughs> I would like to thank my fellow co-authors of A Mother's Prayer, A Letter to Your Daughter for coming on the podcast to bless us with all this awesome, awesome, powerful words, encouragement, and empowerment. Go get the book. It's out. Mm -hmm. The ebook. We've, and you know, congratulate to us because, you know, we made international bestseller and we made bestseller. So, you know, let's give ourselves a round of applause and keep up the great work as always. And, you know... Let's just keep it, keep keep pouring into people and remember, take time out for yourself. Mm-hmm. Period. period. <laughs> <laughs> As always, it's been an honor having y'all here. I will be back next Tuesday with more of my co-authors in the building coming to bless y'all with more about a mother, a daughter, a my internet's acting up, sorry. A mother's prayer, a letter to my daughter. I love y'all and y'all have a great night. Thank you for tuning in. Good night, y'all. Have a good night. Good night. Introducing to some and reintroducing to others. Speaker, entrepreneur, motivational coach, and author, Sheena Gadon. If you wish to contact her, you can contact her via email at escradine16 at gmail.com or you can visit her website 